temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 Through the Fan. We're a reminder this Friday we'll be at Buffalo Wild Wings in Roanoke. Not Waco. Not Waco if you want to come see us now. Time for the C Block starring Corey Majors. Thank you very much, Kevin. What if what if Chop? What if we invaded Choppy's house uh, while we were out in Roanoke? I think he's going to make an appearance. I bet. I bet we could go to his house and do the show from there too, and take all the Buffalo Wild Wings people with us. Even like just take the whole Buffalo Wild Wings operation. If there was going to be anybody who would allow that, it's Chop- Choppy. Absolutely, he'd be like, "Bring the bar." As a matter of fact, I got my own bar. Everything's fine. I, it's going to be a blast. That's Friday's going to be really fun. All right, guys, let's. Uh, I got a couple of things. I'll dip into Kevin's mind in just a moment because I'm concerned. I saw something in Kevin earlier that I don't think I've ever seen before. Okay, and I liked it. Um, let's go ahead and talk with Jerry Jones from this morning. He was on with Sean and RJ and Sean. And <laughs> if you didn't hear, can we that, play that part again? Do I we? I don't know if we available? have that, that audio. Uh, Chris, by the way, Chris Strong has been running our board uh, to, for the last two days, and he is uh, going to be with us all week. Everybody, send a shout out, some love to Chris Strong for doing a strong job. Plus, that means if he beefs it for Masterpiece of the Week on Friday, it's all on him. Yeah, you can't blame somebody else for the content, so it's all on him to have the the nice, generous audio that makes mike so funny you know like that's what it is is really trying to make mike happy um jerry jones let's go to cut 10 here he was asked is uh is dak in the same conversation of tony romo where you're going to regret if he doesn't win a super bowl as well well he's uh he's earned if you look at uh, uh what he's brought to the table during his career um we should uh, have been smart enough to put some enough around him uh, that have gotten him uh, up there uh, competing for uh, a Super Bowl. And as it turns out, you really do need, I don't care what your role is in the NFL, ultimately, if you don't have a Super Bowl, uh, uh, being near it, being around it, but if you don't have a Super Bowl, uh, that thing has a, uh, uh, really, uh, you you have to uh, uh, put a, almost an asterisk, asterisk beside it. So when I was listening to this, this kind of put me in the same mindset of our conversation about Dak Prescott and everything kind of unlocking for him and the way he's playing at the moment. Now, again, the way Dak's playing at the moment, can he play against the Niners in the playoffs like that? That'd be awesome. Sure. So that's that. You know, that's the next level. It's like beating the boss, and then you got to go to the boss, and the next boss. Yep. Uh, the final boss is the Super Bowl. But it's, but it feels kind of like San Francisco is the final boss. You're right. It's, it's just, not. San Francisco is the boss that you just have a you haven't figured out yet. Yeah. And and it's the most difficult one. We're back to 1994. 
or 93 or 92. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully not ninety four. Explain that uh, that that feeling. The real Super Bowl was the 49ers Cowboys. Everybody yep. knew they were the best two teams. Nobody Buffalo, obviously San Diego Chargers. They couldn't compete. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes, somebody had to be in the Super Bowl, but everybody knew all the strength was in the NFC. And then obviously Green Bay and Brett Favre came along and started challenging those two teams. And they were the third best team for a little bit. Then they became the best team in nineteen ninety six. But the AFC was. Not good, and it's weird because I didn't see that coming into this year, but now you look at it, and I think San Francisco and Dallas, that's the Super Bowl. Whenever they play in the playoffs, as long as health. Health, there's still a lot of time in this season like for bad things to happen health-wise, but as long as those teams stay about where they're at health-wise, those are the best two teams in the NFL. It's a really interesting point and an interesting way to look at it. I like that. What sounded to me, though, was – it sounded like Jerry Jones is just it just now made sense to him. Maybe he took it for granted that those Super Bowls came so easy. Yep. And that the talent level on his team was just a product of that's just what you get whenever you're the Cowboys. You're going to get the best players. And what you just heard him say is, "Look, I learned essentially, I learned from Tony Romo, and I'm I'm trying to apply it or we are trying to apply it with Dak Prescott that you can't just have you know, moderate pieces out there. You have to have world-class pieces to go win a Super Bowl. You have not just a few of them. You have to have a talent, a roster full of talent. And I would say, and I don't know exactly, I think the the way Jerry tells us and the way that we see it the most is the the credit is spread across the board for who gets the credit on building this roster right now, but this is the most talented roster we've seen in in a, a very long time. Do you really? I, I really believe. Okay, that. that's what I was going to ask, because I think I do too. It, now, do I feel like if Diggs was here that it would be better? Yes, obviously. That's a, a different talent that you'd have on the field right now. You're not getting bland season with Diggs on the field, though. See, and don't – I'm glad that you, you said are. that, because I don't need you to start that because then I'm going to think – you could have Diggs and Vander Esch and Overshone, and then I'm going to get carried away, right. and it's not going to be productive for any of. And us. I know, I know that on the defensive side, you're still your injuries now are forcing you to lack in some areas because, over, like you said, Overshone, Vander Esch, Hankins is out for a period of time here. Yep. But like the the way that it's built right now, man, please, if do yourself a favor, go back and watch Tyron and Tyler right that the way that they're playing right now, it's fun. It's just fun to watch the offensive linemen playing at this level right now. Uh, and I'm hoping more out of out of Terrence Steele as we go along. And I'm taking probably taking Zach Martin for granted here. But watching sure. Tyler Smith and at, at his age doing what he's doing, he is a man, dude. And he is handling some of these other men out there on the field. It's pretty awesome to see. So that's where I, I feel like it it almost sounds like sounded like to me, Jerry Jones is like, I didn't realize and I took for granted how important roster building was for so long. God, that's a pretty big. And I probably could have been, we should have been better for Tony Romo. Yeah. And we're trying to make up for it all with Dak Prescott. And so that's where, that's just kind of, I heard that this morning and I wanted to dive in on it just a little bit. Here is the other one. Let's go to cut seven here. How important is home field advantage for everybody in the playoffs? It um, is great to be before the largest crowd in the NFL. And that's what we are. Uh, and that has to give, it has to account for something. Uh, I think the fact that we are have this streak going, it shows that it is, is an edge. Uh, I know that uh, it uh, completely playing at our, our place 
eliminates the weather factor in any way. And um, we uh, uh, obviously uh, are comfortable playing there. So I think if you look at all of that, I would say that the kinds of things that you can do short of your preparation, short of your having where you being as close to where you want to be on player availability, uh, that's probably uh, right there in the next uh, three or four important things on your on a five-fingered hand. So uh, it's big, and that's why you play as hard as you do for it. That and uh, to be in front of your own fans, and that's big. Okay. <laughs> Obviously, if you're, if you're talking about a five-fingered hand, uh-huh. that, that is an objectively amazing <laughs> thing that he said. He went through his list of things, and he was like, and I've got five fingers, yeah. and that's my five-fingered hand. But the the I, I've always been curious about this. I feel like every athlete we talk to has a different perspective on why home field advantage is important. Right. The Rangers didn't have home field advantage, and they won the World Series. I, I guess they had it in the World Series. But throughout the entire playoffs, they didn't have that advantage, and somehow they were able to come away with it. And I do feel sometimes, I know, Kevin, you you get really worked up about home field. And I think it is a, hey, look, yeah. we were the superior team. And we established that the entire time, and we get that advantage for it. Sometimes I'm like, if you're going to be the team that's going to beat them all, you get it. Like, you're just going to be that team. But obviously, uh, Jerry's like, look, you get a home game. You're in front of your fans. They're cheering for you, not against you. All these other factors go into it. And my, my mind can be changed over the next two weeks, right? Because if you go on the road, you beat Buffalo, you beat Miami, then that feels like a different deal. But right now... We look unstoppable at home and on the road, mediocre at best. Middling, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Somebody did just say. Wait. Okay. Uh, I, we'll I play on the road the next two games. I. That's what he just said. <laughs> I know. He was just reiterating yeah. it, Kevin. Appreciate it. I can't. It's like whenever yeah. you write a, a a story, you can't yeah. just have one quote. You what have do you to think Flavor Flav did for Chuck D? He was just making sure the point was made. How did I'm that Flavor go? Flav. Well, ha- give me an example of how that would go. For Flavor Flav? And Chuck D. Chuck D would do his rap or whatever, and then Flavor Flav would say, he- Yeah, oh, okay. boy! There you go. There we go. And then he'd snap on him. Thank you. Back to he'd you, Corey. Snap. Never mind, never mind. Snap! Like that? <laughs> I don't know if I... That's me. That's not Flavor that's you. Flav. Um, but yeah, so I did, <laughs> I've lost all track of Fair. where I was going with that. How are you supposed yeah. to... What time is it? I got this. All right. Look at my giant clock necklace. Now yeah. we interview Kevin because oh, Kevin, no. I saw something that I don't think I've ever seen before. And much like you spilling the beans about some things off air, I will now spill beans on air. Okay. Kevin, were you nervous this oh, morning when we had yeah. uh, Chris Jericho on? Yeah, I think I was. I noticed it. And I don't know if anybody is. I've never seen Kevin like really nervous about stuff. Yeah. He's usually just kind of cruising through things. But I just kind of had this. I don't know, man. Maybe I'm a seer or something like that. Sure. I was like, I even asked you, "Are you nervous?" And you said, "Yes." Yes. And I said, "Why?" Please give me your reason. What What did you say whenever you said, "Yes, I am nervous"? Um, I forgot what my answer Kevin was. Kevin said, "Cause I want him to like." Oh us, yeah, for sure. To like me. And, sure. and I was like, I was like, but you see me all the time. And then you said, yeah, but I feel like at Too some late. point. <laughs> Look, first of all, either I've got you to like me or it's never going to happen. Uh-huh. We have known each other for 17 years. If you don't like me by now, it ain't never going to happen unless 
like I pulled your kids out of a fiery car accident or something, and then I feel like begrudgingly you'd have to be like, well, I guess. I guess. But other than but that, but I'm still not inviting him over for Sunday dinner. And see, and what's the what's the time frame that passes? And you're like, that person doesn't like me now. They're not ever gonna like me. Surely 17 years is long enough. But what's the Valid. thing? Is I wanted Chris Jericho to like me. Okay, and that's that was something that, and I, I'm kind of curious why. So that he comes back on the yeah, show? Yeah, look. Just because... Corey, I have these fantastical ideas that not only will he come back on the show, and I think this about, like, probably too many people, is, like, we'll become legitimate friends, and, like, he'll hang out and be like, hey, do you want to hang out before the show or something? I know that's never going to happen. Oh, there's that Kevin guy yeah. up in the stands. Bring him down here. Is Corey your best friend? Ah, uh, he still hasn't come to my house. Until he comes to my house, I can't say that. But here's the thing. The Von Erich boys who uh-huh. will be at Dynamite tomorrow in Arlington. Aren't they, they men now? They That's true. Fellas. They set an unreasonable standard because when I saw that at the movie premiere, they were like, dude, we're so happy you made it. Very valid. And like they asked about Brandon. I showed them pictures of Noah. They set an unreasonable standard for what this friendship could be. Well, Corey and Jericho have something in common. They both dislike underwear. <laughs> Oh my God, are you going on air with this? <laughs> well, he got up out of his chair, uh-huh. and his shirt raised up, and his pants went down. What did you see? Crack. <laughs> he cracked on him. Oh my gosh, Mike! I was really hoping that. Are you he a would... serial crack looker? Maybe is that I am. What, is that I don't mean to, but it just happens. You're just like, oh, okay. I was hoping that he'd have on his trunks underneath his jeans, like his his Jericho <laughs> trunks. Yeah. <laughs> Do they yeah. say Jericho? Maybe he gets tired. Maybe that's why he doesn't like underwear. He's like, I wear underwear all the time in the ring. Would you have said something to him about that if you're like, if he had his trunks all on? sparkly and stuff? I would have been, no, I would have been like, guys, he's always ready to wrestle. Look. Or he wears really sparkly underwear. Yeah. I would love if Mike had kind of leaned in, if he had his trunks on under, and Mike's like, hey, you show us your trunks. Oh, my God. Now, you Jericho's don't wear like, underwear because it's just uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable, yeah. I found more comfort with. But, Mike, I'm more self-conscious about it I, than I've when, ever been before. Maybe Jericho's like, at one point, I didn't really wear a lot of hats. I'm like, I wear hats all the time. And when I play baseball, I'm wearing a hat. I don't want to wear a hat. And he's like, I wear underwear all the time when I'm wrestling. <laughs> I don't want to wear underwear when I'm not wrestling. Well, Kevin, I will say this. I think... <laughs> I loved the interview. <laughs> I did too. I am not a. I'm. You know how I am with wrestling. Uh-huh. I can. I enjoy it. I enjoy trolling you with it. Uh, yes. It's a lot of fun uh, talking about Rock Hot Steve Boston and I hate you so much, Corn but... Swoggle. Um, Wait, but, I don't know who Corn Swoggle is. Uh, Corn Swoggle. He's a smaller Irish person who would come out and dance around, and they would play. Really stereotypical. The Nacho Man, Irish Randy music. Travis. Come on. You know, like, I, I always enjoy that. But oh, yeah, he came out to the song Whippoorwill. I uh-huh. remember that guy. But uh, and I'm going to love you forever. That was his exit song. Oh, my God. But I, you know how I've always been about that. I've always kind of felt that way. But I really enjoyed the interview. He was great personality, was. Great, very personable. And at the very end of that interview, he threw better out there. That was awesome. Like he'd always done it before. That was awesome. So He's Kevin, a professional. I think I think he left this building going. I like that show, and he's always welcome to come back on our show. 
So do you think he's he, made my list? So you think it's at least possible that when I post the picture of him there and then he follows me on he'll, Twitter, he like he it, sends me a DM or something? No, like, no, that's hey, not gonna happen. Has really that happened? Not. Uh, has that happened? Like, has a famous person besides me been like, <laughs> all right, you got it, man. We're buddies now. Uh, I don't know how many of these post pictures I post or after segment yeah. pictures I post. I was thinking about this with the current Texas Rangers. Obviously, we've got to know some of the current Texas Rangers. They're great guys. But Jose Trevino was just, like, above and beyond. Is like, cool. we're like, Friends, yeah, friends. Yeah, yeah. Taylor Hearn, the same thing, yep, right? It's like, yeah, same like thing. Friends, friends. We're yeah. not just like, hey. He sought us out, yeah. Yeah, it's like really, Tony, really cool. And Tony th- Beasley, we see in the clubhouse, and Beasley's arms great. wide open, he's like, guys, and comes and gives us hugs in the, yeah. in the clubhouse. We're just like, what is this awesome? And I'm not saying the Ranger, they're great, right? You just talked about some of them are going to Medical City. They're great, but it's like you run into these small situations where like, Oh man, these guys are really cool, and they're really like okay hanging out with us. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of fun, man, and that's why one of the things I love about this job too gets us those situations. No kidding. We're the KNC masterpiece right here on one hundred five three. The fan coming up next. Any given Sunday, all hail Jaden Daniels, and we'll talk about the first NIL concert fundraiser because that's happening too. We'll do it next right here on the fan. Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer, a beach bum summer, or a wake me when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door, in as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Here's Daniels on fourth down. Gonna launch it to the end zone. Neighbors holds it in again. That's Jaden Daniels right there with one of the many highlights that led him to win the Heisman Trophy. A really funny thing that I saw happen on Saturday night is Michael Penix had the names of all of his teammates inside his suit jacket. And Jaden Daniels did not. And people complained. And I saw somebody go, man, his defense giving up 35 points a game. He doesn't need to put his teammates in that jacket. No, they're not worth putting on there. They're not a playoff team. You good with 
Jaden Daniels winning Heisman Trophy? I am. I mean, you look at all the numbers compared to the previous Heisman winners of uh, around like the last 10-ish years at quarterback, and he compares better to or similar to most of them. So, And if you want to truly do like the best player in the country, that was Jaden Daniels because he had to be. And you know what's really interesting about this is going into the season, Jaden Daniels, 10 to 1. Michael Penix Jr., 14 to 1. Bo Nix, 16 to 1. And Marvin Harrison Jr., 25 to 1. This year and 2018 are the only two times in the last 15 years that all the Heisman finalists have been 30 to 1 or less. So, like, this is only the second time in the last 15 years that all the people who ended up in New York are people who you were like, I could see that. Yeah, in 2018, I mean, that's I'm surprised because Tua was the runner-up that year. Kyler won it, and then Dwayne Haskins was third, if I remember right. So Kyler and Haskins, I get that, but I'm surprised Tua wasn't higher. I guess he was new at that point, and he'd only had that second 26 in the national championship game the year before, but that's surprising. So if you if it wouldn't have gone to Jaden Daniels, would you have gone Penix then? Yeah, that was my preseason pick. So I was just happy that I, you know, again, I, I sometimes I know things. And I thought you he was going to be good. predicted Washington so, straight away. Yeah. yeah, but the the saddest thing to me is that the top three finishers all played in or have played in the Pac-12 in its final season. Now it's going away. And it's so gone. It, the conference really did have a hell of a send-off this year. Where do you, I want to go ahead and fire off cut number 14. I'm curious how you feel about this game because this was the only game we got over the weekend. And now straight ahead, Levitai did not get there, I don't think. Or did he? It's going to end on the one foot line. So Navy lost to Army 17 to 11. They had the opportunity to obviously potentially do things down the stretch. I care about this game because my brother-in-law was in the Navy and they care a lot about this game. But I know for everybody, maybe this isn't their favorite game. It's not because it's usually a rock fight. You know, I think the over-under was set at uh, 28 and a half. So we were getting to Iowa territory. Yeah. I, I called into the fan jam this weekend with Alex, CA and Blake to talk about college football. And I had this game on and. Uh, before I went on, I heard, I think it was Gary Danielson on the call on CBS. He said that in last year's matchup, there wasn't a completed pass until the fourth quarter. Awesome. Well, we got one like 10 minutes into this year's game. So you already knew it was going to be a more entertaining game. I had it on because it was the only game going on that, sure. at that time. But it, it really did end up being a very entertaining game down the stretch. And like that could have potentially tied the game because I know they gave up the safety. So it was actually 17 to 9. And so Navy would have had an opportunity to tie the game. But I think it's neat. We've talked about this before. We dropped the ball this year. I would love to go to one of those games because I heard the atmosphere there is just amazing. Yeah, and there it's outside of OU Texas, it's probably the premier um, neutral site rivalry yeah. game. I mean, there's really not that many. Like Florida, Georgia is the only other huge one in Division One that I can think of. But yeah, and especially because it's and it's usually in Philly. So even if you're just gonna have casual fans, you know how Philly fans can be. So I'm sure between the you know both schools being there and then the just people in the city, like I'm sure it's an incredible environment. You Mike, think, you've been, haven't you? Yeah, I've been twice. Um, it's really impressive. The game isn't, but the atmosphere is. Yeah. To your point, you're sitting there and you're just like, they run the ball a lot, don't they? <laughs> yeah. 
The game will be over quickly. And uh, but yeah, it is. It is a the environment, the pregame stuff. The thing is, is to really enjoy it. Which look, it is what it is. It's a whole day. Yes. Like let's say the game starts at three p.m. I mean, you really want to be at the stadium at 11 a.m.? And I was talking with my brother-in-law. Those kids, depending on where the game's at, they get bussed over in their uniforms. Mm -hmm. And he said they were frequently have to get up at like 2.30 or 3 in the morning, which is absolutely wild to me. But it looks like an amazing tradition, and I would love to see that live. Now, you talked about how rabid the Philly fans could be. Do you think this Vanderbilt player should transfer out there because – Hilariously named B.J. Anderson for Vanderbilt was arrested after he bit two bouncers. Oh, my gosh. You have to be in a tough state state of mind to bite one person and think, we got more. Yeah, well. And then bite another person. I mean, you could be hungry, you know, and uh, or maybe you're just a biter. He's not in the Pop-Tarts Bowl, though. Those yeah, exactly. They weren't edible mascots. They were just bouncers. Now, this is bad timing for him because he's been at Vanderbilt for six years and has now declared himself eligible for the NFL draft. Just wanted to point out, Kevin, real quick, that Carter has told all bouncers in DFW, you're not as good as edible uh, mascots. Uh, you're not an edible mascot. True. You're just You'd a bouncer. You'd rather take a bite yeah. out of a giant Pop-Tart than a giant human. Having never bit into either of them, uh-huh. I'm going to just go out on a limb and say the Pop-Tart mascot will taste better. I think you should go out there and try. Uh, try both options first before, and then come back with, uh, All with right. a complete. Would you rather take a bite out of a giant Oreo or go in that other studio and take a bite out of Eric? Eric. I'm not going to do it. Weak. I'm not a cannibal. I'm not a cannibal. I wouldn't eat Oreos, but I won't do that either. It's, it's amazing, though, little kids, how biting is like a big thing. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's their only way to express. It's the only yeah. way they know how. And when Kevin, with an adult here in this situation, he had no other way of expressing what he needed to get out there other than I have to defend myself some way. It's I'm biting. Of, it's kind of in our nature to bite. Kind of have to teach kids, like, please bite. stop yeah. biting. Now, what do y'all think, as we've got Carter Freeman in with us, what do y'all think about the Georgia Southern NIL Concert Collective? So now, we're not just taking money from businesses. We're having straight-up concerts. We talked about, uh, I think it's North Carolina State, who said, hey, I need you to donate money so I can get players. Now we're doing a concert. Did Thurl Bailey give? I don't know that. Who's performing at at this concert? I need to know... I need to know who the performers are in order to know whether or not this is really going to bring in some money. Because Dennis Smith Jr. If it's like I don't, this is for Georgia Southern. Oh, so. Cole Swindell and friends. Okay, ah, all right. I I know that guy. He's a left-handed pitcher for Cleveland and some other teams. He I thought he went to University of Texas though. Because because all right, no, they're two different is that people. Greg right? Swindell. I had to think it over. So, Jim Mora, who coaches UConn, said, if you're not going to help us get players to beat them, then you're not entitled to bitch when you don't beat them. So, oh, or Corey, gripe, if, if you you're, that's what he said. Yep. If you're not attending this concert for your school, you can't complain. Yeah, you hate Georgia Southern, clearly. Wow. Yeah. I, like the, I like this approach. This is a smart approach to try and get money into their pockets. I, fe- I feel like it's just the beginning of, oh you know, God, it yes. starts at a smaller FBS school like Georgia Southern, but, like, when, like, Matthew McConaughey can hold some crazy bash down in Austin, and all the proceeds for that can go to the football program for Texas. Kenny right? Chesney can at Tennessee. He can be like, "Hey, Peyton, come on, we're just gonna have a big old concert. Let's see what happens here." Bam, money in pockets like that. 
Who's the most famous college person who's now famous? What? Who's like they went like, to college, graduated from college, musician. Let's say musician or, or actor. Taylor Swift. She didn't go to college. Didn't go to school. How do you? She's a fan what? of like every NFL how do you team. Know? Oh. How do I know she didn't go to college? Because she was like seventeen when she was on t- going on tour with Kenny Chesney, and it didn't happen. But even still, she can't doesn't have time for college. Let's see, Taylor Swift college. Okay, I don't know the answer to your question. Then they teach Taylor Swift stuff in college. That is true. Yes, she never received a college degree herself, although she did take several subjects at UT. Stanford and Carnegie Mellon University. Whoa. Oh, Carnegie Mellon's about to go crazy. <laughs> oh, no, she's a subject at those schools. So oh. there you go. My bad. Okay, fair enough. Is Riley Leonard is transferring from Duke to Notre Dame. What do you think about Riley Leonard as a quarterback? Because I know, honestly, there's a lot of quarterbacks who are in the midst of transferring. This seems to be Notre Dame's new strategy in the transfer portal era as they're just going to go the ACC schools or their farm school and they're just going to take them for them for a single season because strategy uh, that worked for the most part this year Uh, you know nine and three Notre Dame probably wanted to be better than that but for their first year as a more of a passing offense with Sam Hartman there who he's going to opt out of uh, Notre Dame's bowl game and go to the draft um, but I like uh, I like Riley Leonard there. That was the spot that most people picked him to when he entered the portal. But Notre Dame has uh, the old Michigan coach, uh, Carr. His grandson is a highly rated quarterback recruit coming in this year. Oh. So they could probably have Leonard for one year, then he'll leave, and then Carr will come in. I think it has to be Garth Brooks because back-to-back people texted in Garth Brooks. Oh, at OU. At no. OSU. Oklahoma State. State, that's right. I've driven down Garth Brooks Boulevard in Yukon. Oh. It is a street. Do you think that you could have skipped the pain, but then you had have had to skip driving down that street? Is that a Garth he Brooks was standing lyric? outside the fire. <laughs> Anyways, I think I know the answer. But do you think being the linebacker coach at USC is an elevation over being the head coach at multiple-time championship-winning North Dakota State? This is crazy when I saw that he was leaving. Yeah, to be the linebacker coach at USC. Uh... I do. I mean, I think, Kevin, we've talked about North Dakota. We have. The weather is not, it's uh, it's aggressive there. The weather at USC, Fair. quality. Aggressive. Very quality. Uh, so I think, yeah, I mean, I'm not just saying just going to California like changes that, but I do think it gets him in front of other people. And there are a lot, probably a lot of people that are like, yeah, dude, but it's North Dakota State. Like, come on, man. TCU also fired their defensive coordinator, probably in part because of the way the season ended against Oklahoma. Sorry. So that's a tough turn of events. Well, I guess maybe the way last season ended, too, was probably. Yeah, and Gillespie went from being the hottest name in defensive coordinating in college football last season to fired this year. Like, what a quick downfall for him. Now, Carter, is there anything else that we need to have on our college football radar or college football things you would like to discuss? Um, well, gosh, uh, I don't think we've talked about uh, OU's uh, Dylan Gabriel is going to go to Oregon next yes. year. I think that's a perfect fit. Um, we've seen a couple more quarterbacks enter the portal, and a lot of them are taking visits this week. Like Washington State's Cam Ward, he played at Incarnate Word for a couple years, lit it up down there, lit it up at Washington State for a few years. So I believe he's got one at least one more year left. He's going to visit Miami. He's been pegged maybe to Ohio State. Um, Kansas State's Will Howard. Uh, DJ Uyungle at Oregon State. He's potentially going to visit Florida State. 
So wouldn't it be really funny if he goes to Florida State, yes. beats Clemson next year, and takes them to the playoff? I just think that'd be a great storyline. That would be freaking awesome. Maybe for next week, if Quinn Ewers wins these two games, becomes national champ, and he throws for, let's say, 800 yards and seven touchdowns total yeah. in these two games, would he reconsider and would teams go, dude, I just saw him. Washington's a bad defense, but Michigan or Alabama, if, I'm just wondering. like, I could see him reconsidering. I mean, teams like the Raiders exist who would make a, you know, quick yeah. judgment like that. If so. he puts up a field goal a game, it'll be better than the crap they got now. Fair enough. Thank you very much, as always, Carter Freeman. Thank you, Appreciate guys. your insight on this. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 Through the Fan. Coming up next, let's chit-chat with those fellas from the G-Bag Nation right here on 105 Through the Fan. KNC Masterpiece back here on 105 Through the Fan right now, courtesy of DNM Leasing, it is time. For our chit-chat with those fellas from the G-Bag Nation, Eric, how is you today? Oh, interesting. Hey, you don't have to call Eric out, dude. He's busy doing something right now. He's recording a spot, damn it. Hey, guys. I'm just giving you a hard time, man. We're terrific. How are you, Heggy? I'm doing very well, doing very well indeed. Now, I was curious. We had this conversation. It can be broken down a variety of different ways. Do you feel like Dak is the same quarterback this year as he's been in previous years, because there seems to be a pretty strong contingent of people like he's the same. You just switch the offense. And I don't believe that is accurate at all. No, it's not accurate. uh, Considering that I think up until right now, before he had the injury, he was running around, right? He has the ankle injury and you could tell he was timid. This wasn't a guy that wanted to take off. And I think that's totally understandable. Human nature. You're going to remember that. That was a catastrophic ankle injury that he had. That's gross. But now, and he's talked about it, since the San Francisco game, he realizes, I need to use my legs more. And you're seeing that with him extending play. So and smartly. Absolutely. I, I, I think all of that, to say that he's always been the same guy, like you're always evolving and improving and getting better, in my opinion, at the quarterback position. But now I think he's fully healthy, and you're starting to see him using his legs again. Route combinations and him seeing the field yes. has really improved. And uh, when he makes a mistake, it's usually one that uh, it's not him getting fooled. It's like he just didn't see the guy right then and there. And so, but overall, I think the biggest difference from this year, uh, from last year to this year, is what you've seen with the routes and their ability to get people open for him. And I, I think that's something that you look at and you're saying, okay, it's a, it's it's really it's beneficial when you can see those routes open up and those guys are there and then you have to make the throws. So I think they're helping him in that way. But I think his the cerebral part of the game has been better for him this year too. Yeah, you know, I mean it in a good way. I think he's always been this amazing, and finally the coaching staff is putting him in better positions. Um, you know, so can I can ask a specific question yeah, about that. Yeah, how much credit does Mike McCarthy get for that? Because in the other crosstalk we do. The answer is not a lot. We talked about this last night, as a matter of fact, I think in the five o'clock hour. And my point was my question for the Joneses is, you know, do you understand how important it is? Whoever's idea that is can't leave because you finally figured it out. This has been going on in the NFL for a half decade. You've had four different OCs look at it. Something happened in the bye week. That person is the most uh, important member of the coaching staff. To continue the conversation, here's kind of my thought question is I think that I know I'm going to go to basketball and then compare it to what Dak's doing. Jason Kidd was awesome as a point guard. And when he saw Dirk was hot or Jason Terry was hot, he's like, guess what? I'm riding this. I'm not going away from this guy. I don't need Rick Carlisle right now. 
I know who to give the ball to in this situation. And I look at Dak this season, and for the most part, after the San Francisco game and CeeDee Lamb was like, I hate all of this right now. Like, it's like Dak's like, I'm if he's my guy and he's the one that I can consistently see getting open and he's my best guy, I'm going to keep feeding him. And I'm just wondering, was that Dak? Was that like who decided for the first time it feels like in Dak's career? He's like, I'm looking at the best guy first. I wonder if that's CD Lamb just playing so much better now that he's he's getting open more. Like, uh, I think it was Collinsworth the other night that said, like, he's cracked the code as far as what it takes. Well, I'll tell you what. the, the I mentioned the sack fumble yesterday that resulted in the Eagles' only touchdown. They set that thing up perfectly where, where Lamb took basically four guys with him. That's yeah. how much they thought of dealing with Lamb. And that left Cooks one-on-one on the outside, and he just ran by his guy. <gasps> Unfortunately, Dak just, beautiful. you know, Dak drifted a little bit. But if that ball gets out, Dak's right. He, he dressed down the podium. That's going to be a touchdown. Those are the kinds of things that I think that CeeDee Lamb is playing so well that defensive coordinators now are like, we got to stop Lamb. But, but damn, they got this guy Ferguson, too, Right, that we're having to deal with. And all of a sudden, so wait a minute, now they get Cooks involved with a combination routes with Tolbert, Ferguson, Cooks. And we're trying to take care of Lamb over here. They're creating a lot of chaos for for their their coverage schemes that they're having to play. Because if one of those breaks down, Dak's doing a good enough job of finding the breakdown in your defense. Yeah, I, I think that it was interesting when Sean and RJ asked Jerry about this today. That San Francisco loss ultimately did that end up kind of saving your season because you saw body language Which from CD Lamb, said. and and I agree. Because you listen to how all of them have talked about it and the complete difference this offense looks. CeeDee Lamb wasn't getting peppered with targets, to your point, Mike, previously. Post-bye week, now you're seeing that. It's my belief you had CeeDee Lamb go to Dak Prescott. You had offensive players go to Coach McCarthy and say, this isn't working. And they do the cross-the-hall meetings, as you talked think, about, I, Brian. I, I, I that think, was important. Yeah, I think cross-the-hall is the what saved your season. But I, I, yeah. I think... All of that, McCarthy does deserve credit. Yeah. Because how many coaches do you see are so stubborn, they're stuck in their ways, they're just going to say, nope, I'm going to run my offense, my scheme, we're going to figure this out. Coach McCarthy made changes. And whoever it was, whether yeah. it was Dan Quinn, yeah. whether it was Dak, whether it was C.D. Lamb, whoever, McCarthy still is willing to adapt and change. And he deserves credit for that. Yeah. Like Jimbo wouldn't. That's why he's gone at A&M. Still gets a lot of yeah. money, but like, right? Well, even... even uh, Petrino admitted that when he left, when he got to Arkansas, he says, I had to completely, they wouldn't change the terminology. So he says, I spent a lot of nights trying to figure out how to marry my terminology with what Jimbo needed to know. And he goes, that, 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 that in itself was not going to work. So yeah, I, I do. I, I really, Mike, the one thing with Mike is that I think that we, we've learned about him is he's willing to listen. And I think that's the most important thing. You know, Mike didn't come in here and want to do his own offense initially. It was Kellen Moore. And then all of a sudden, he's like, okay, well, let's do something I feel comfortable with. And then it got to the point like, well, maybe we have to make some changes here. So he was, to his credit, he started out with his plan, and then he was willing to like, probably Dan Quinn walked in there and said, hey, listen, if you keep running this offense, you're easy to cover. You know? Yeah. The, the proof was in the pudding. The analytics told you that. Dak Prescott, when it came to air yards, was near the bottom of the league. And now he's one of the tops in the league. You know, somebody, Dan Quinn, whoever, told him is like, you've got this thing. It's, it's, it's too simplistic. We can cover you. This is how we would cover you. And to his credit, Mike said, okay, I don't have all the answers here. You know, let's find out. 
Brian Schottenheimer, I think, had a huge play in this. Brian Schottenheimer sat there last year and looked at every single Cowboy opponent offensively for Dan Quinn. He was a big part of what Dan Quinn did defensively. Uh, you know, uh, McAdoo did it before that. So that coach, you know, looking at everyone else's tape is like, we could do things differently here. We don't have to do it this way. I was a little surprised to see 26.3 million viewers for this biggest Sunday night football game in December in seven years and 10 million more than it was the previous week, despite the fact that this game was not particularly close after the first quarter. I guess, um, I mean, it's just the, the draw of the Cowboys and it was, it was a huge game. I mean, it was hyped up for sure in a monster way and, and kudos to Philly in this standpoint as well. Cause I think they got quite a few people that are, you know, trying to watch them, but this, this was supposed to be two potential MVPs going toe to toe division on the line. Like there was a lot of underlying storylines above the fact that it's, Hey, it is Cowboys Eagles. Yeah. And Dallas created turnovers, which made that game not oh, interesting yeah, for sure. <laughs> that's that's and, and if you watch the game. If Philadelphia has those turnovers. We might have a Seattle game on our hands. And and the thing I keep thinking about is, you're right, we created turnovers, but the Cowboys in CeeDee Lamb dropped a for-sure touchdown yeah. pass. Is He got sacked, Dak got sacked, they gave up a touchdown. They gave up a punt, a fake punt and yeah. won by 20 points. Yeah. Can I disagree a little bit on the touchdown pass? That's really? the one on the hip. where he, he Yeah. Dri- okay, so I don't think that's a touchdown pass. I think oh. what CeeDee needed to do there – I mean, I'm not saying I'm a professional wide receiver at all, but a lot of my training was catching, like, running sprints and catching balls. When the ball's thrown a little bit short and it's on your hip, it's not easy to catch. I think what CD needed to do there, slow down and almost sit down and catch that ball, which is still a huge completion. But I think he wanted to keep stride to try to make it a touchdown. But I think when that ball's on your hip there, it's not easy as you're running forward to then reach back and catch it and and then try to pull it into you. Yeah, I don't think he... I, we, I couldn't tell if... On the tape, you can't tell if Sidney Brown got his hand in there, didn't. too. I don't yeah. think he touched I mean, the ball. It was like it, it was like he was... It was a contested play, but I couldn't by the film. I kept running it back, and I couldn't tell if it was Lamb just lost concentration there on the moment or I, that he actually... that that his arm got tugged a little bit. I think it's all opinion yeah. on this one, but my opinion is... is I think it was a completed pass if CD decides to just slow down just a hair and almost sit down and fall backwards to catch the ball. But running, he ran stride for stride, and the ball's not out in front of him. It's kind of on his side a Brown little bit. Brown had behind. one of those catches in yeah, that hey, game. Yeah, Brown on the exact Brown, on the other Brown, side of the field. Yeah, Brown a, had one. Yep. It's a great. It would have been a great catch, great play. But I heard you yesterday say, yeah. "I'm like, I'm not disagreeing that it, it wasn't a and bad." It's okay pass. if you do. Yeah. I think it's all opinion on those, but I don't think that was the easiest catch to make. If you're the Dolphins, what happens next? The Titans are the first NFL team ever to be down 14 points or more with less than three minutes to go and win without overtime. That, that's a staggering defeat right there. Yeah, I mean, you, as a coaching staff, you got to look yourself in the mirror and say, how did we allow this to happen? Like, the, the way you managed that game at the end was pretty poor, was for so sure. Bad. And I know you wanted Corey. to run Fix the ball, it. but Tyreek Hill needs to at least be on the field, even if you're going to run it. What do you guys got coming up on the program today? Pure gold as always, Haggy. Thanks yes. for asking. It is a Brian Broaddus birthday show. Woo-hoo! We'll have a special guest for him at 4 o'clock. Oh, Do you know who the special guest, guest is? 
I no, I don't. Oh, I think it's I really Jane don't. Daniels. Surprise. If it's Jane Daniels, I'd be really happy. <laughs> that would that. be awesome. Wow. Working on it. It's Coach O. Right, stay tuned. Coach O would be great too. For the surprise. <laughs> Al Davis from the grave, maybe it would be good too. <laughs> oh my <laughs> goodness. From the grave. Oh, the surprise Brian brought us. You were the best. I love you. <laughs> Roll home with the G Mag Nation. Celebrate Brian brought us. We've been the KNC Masterpiece. Come and see us tomorrow, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. right here on 105 through the fan. Good night, Kevin. Good night, Kevin. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T Mobile.com. 